Flyover Politic Podcast, the show for normal Americans. From this undisclosed bunker, here's your host, Tony Reed. keep the outbreak smoldering in the country it's so crazy i mean they're not doing it because they say they don't want to do it they're republicans they don't like to be told what to do and we got to break that you know unpack that how you guys doing with vaccine people in america are not settled with the information that's been given to us right now so i'm not going to be lining up taking a shot on a vaccination for something that wasn't clear in the first place. And then you all create a shot in miraculous time. It takes years to but create vaccination. Well, it, it used to take years. Okay, it used to. It, you, it know used how, to take you know how many years were invested in this, in this approach? About 20 years of science to get us to be able to do it. 20 years is not quickly. enough. And nine months is definitely not no. enough for nobody to be taking no vaccination that yeah. you all came up with. The only yeah. reason I'm talking to you right now, well, as close as we are, is that I've been vaccinated. Right. But if it allow thousands of people like you don't get vaccinated, you're going to let this virus continue to percolate in this country and in this world. Something like the common flu then, right? And, and not like, not it's like much the more serious flu. than the flu. Though. Well, the flu kills a lot of people annually yeah. too. You know how many people died of the flu the last year? I mean, not this year, virtually none, but the previous year, about 20 to 30,000. You know how many people have died from COVID-19 in the United States? 600,000 Americans. Well, you, well, that, well the, the number that you all giving that died, that's, that's once again, that's you all's number. You gonna pass. Yeah, definitely. Because right. when, when you start talking about paying people to get vaccinated, when you start talking about incentivizing things to get people vaccinated, there's something else going on with that. Something yeah, else, something it, else going I, on. It with is that. something going yeah. on. With something it. Else You're right. On. But I'm glad millions of people, like me and most everybody here, didn't get an incentive. You know what their incentive was? Protecting their health and protecting the city. Well, but that's, I, I, well, I won't keep doing it. It's okay. Because my, 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 my incentive, y'all, campaign is about fear. It's about inciting fear in people. You all attack people with fear. That's what this pandemic is. It's a fear. It's fear, this pandemic. That's all it is. And welcome back to Flyover Politic Podcast. It's the 22nd of March, year of our Lord, 2023. What an intro that crap was. You got him acting like a little girl. And that is a 2021 video. And I know you've seen it by now, but I'd be, I had to play it. I mean, come on. That black guy tearing him a fucking new asshole was awesome. And more importantly, that attitude, the attitude that Republicans... It's just Republicans don't want to take the vax. 
I remember a, a vice president now who said she wasn't taking the fucking vax. Yeah, I remember that. So today we're going to do a super bias because that's pretty much all we got. A short military corner up front because there's a couple things that came down that are pretty interesting. But first, I want to show a, a soundbite. And by now, you've, you know, you've, you've seen the Ted Lasso clip. But the AP reporter chastising an African man says everything about everything. It's first a, a moment of personal privilege here. I just want to express uh, our apologies to the press corps to the folks watching at home for the display we saw earlier. Our responsibility is to them. We're here to ask questions on their behalf to hold their government accountable that they can't all be here. Um, this, is, it, this isn't about us. Um, so with that, uh, for you, there's some calls over the weekend, last couple of days from small mid-sized banks. First and foremost, decorum my left nut. Fuck you and your decorum. I remember fucking, do we remember Jim Acosta? And all you motherfuckers losing your shit on Trump? I remember that crap. And this is a black man. He's a black man. Like a real African. Not an African American. But yeah, yeah, I I had to play that because that's just... That's just too fucking good. And the Falky, that's just, that is just everything. It's everything about everything. You know, th- this is literally, this is what they think of you. Because all along, they're all about politics. They, they're not about their job. I mean, it's not about America. It's about their American. Supposedly, um, Obama, Obama, (laughs) Biden, um, hung this slide. So we're going to, we're going to just go with this one slide for this lead section. I'm trying to cut down on the slides because it's a lot and it's a little annoying, even for me. Believe. He hung this above his door. The media thought it was great. Hmm. Well, how about terrorists across the southern border? Uh, Border agents arrested 16 people on FBI's terrorist watch list at Mexico Crossing. Media really didn't cover it, but there were also Chinese nationals. an exclusive video tonight of a growing trend at the southern border. The number of Chinese nationals apprehended has exploded in the last year, and dangerous cartels are playing a major role in trying to get them into the U.S. Correspondent Griff Jenkins is in Mission, Texas. Hello, do you speak English? A daily occurrence that officials say is only getting worse. Are you from China? Fox News is encountering Chinese nationals being smuggled across our southern border. They arrive in small groups. They've even walked into our live shot when we were on the air. RGV Border Patrol Chief Gloria Chavez says the sector is seeing a 920% increase in Chinese nationals compared to last fiscal year and apprehended 90 in a single day last week. 
Fox News cameras exclusively captured two busloads of Chinese nationals being released publicly by Border Patrol to an NGO in Brownsville, Texas, with notices to appear in court to claim asylum at a later date. That's not a bad thing. We're not trying to replace people. Our border policy, we're just trying to repair what the previous administration did because the previous administration locked that shit down. Okay. Okay. Online sleuths untangle the mystery of Nord Stream sabotage. And that's what, this is wired. That's a liberal site. It's still fucking amazing that that's where we're at on this. There's no intellectual honesty coming out of our media about who blew up the fucking pipeline. It's just a mystery wrapped in an enigma. We don't know. So then there's the wokeness that's happened in the military, which will make us do a little military corner. Here is a cool uh, spot on uh, air assaults in Korea and a whistleblower on 60 Minutes about how fucked up our Navy is because maybe this wheat Fort Pickett will replace its Confederate name. It's the first base to do the woke. And maybe that's why our Navy sucks. We're just, all we care is about woke. There is a tendency among the great powers to look at each other's naval buildups with deep suspicion. Toshi Yoshihara of the Center for Strategic and Budgetary Assessments may know more than any scholar in the West about China's navy. China will have about 440 ships by 2030, and that's according to the Pentagon. Why is China able to build more warships more quickly than the U.S.? China has clearly invested in this defense industrial infrastructure to produce these ships, which allows them to produce multiple ships 
simultaneously, essentially outbuilding many of the Western navies combined. China's navy piggybacks on a booming commercial shipbuilding industry kept afloat by generous state subsidies, inexpensive materials, and cheap labor. In the United States, it's a different story. After the Cold War ended, the shipbuilding industry consolidated, and many of the yards where ships were both built and maintained closed down. What do you see when you see China's shipbuilding program? It's very robust. Do we have enough shipyards? No. I wish that we had more commercial shipyards. Over my career, we've gone from more than 30 shipyards down to about seven that we rely upon on a day-to-day basis to build ships. One of those yards is run by Huntington Ingalls Industries, which built the -the state-of-the-art new Ford-class aircraft carrier. After controlled explosions in 2021, to prove it could withstand combat, the Ford got closer to deployment, six years late and billions of dollars over budget. The Navy's not just struggling to build new ships on time. According to the Government Accountability Office, or GAO, there's a multi-year backlog repairing the ships in the fleet. Our maintenance backlog is one of the primary things that I'm working on to correct. So just three years ago, we had 7,700 delay days, that is extra days in a shipyard by ships when they weren't operational. We have cut that down to 3,000. We are not satisfied. Maintenance delays mean sailors can't come home because the ship that's supposed to replace them is not ready. It means longer deployments. It means away from your family more. That's a big strain on the workforce. The more ships that we can have available to send at sea alleviates many of those problems that you pointed out. Sailors join the Navy to see the world. And so it's my job to make sure that those maintenance delays go to zero and we can get those ships to sea as quickly as possible. In the last year alone, at least 10 sailors assigned to ships undergoing maintenance or working at maintenance facilities have died by suicide. It is a problem that we're taking very, very seriously. And down to every leader in our Navy, everybody has a responsibility to look out for each other, to take care of each other. There is no wrong door to knock on when you need help. You think I'm making up the woke? Now, here's Kirby. LGBT is really part of our mission. And then President Biden has been uh, nothing but consistent uh, about his... Uh, belief, foundational belief in human rights and LGBTQ plus rights are human rights. Uh, And uh, we again, back to the earlier question, are never going to shy away, be bashful about speaking up for those rights and for uh, uh, for individuals to live as they deem fit, as they want to live. And that's something that's a core part of our foreign policy and and it will remain so. Part of our mission, really, Hmm. Military Times special report, the Iraq War 20 years later. And I was going to play videos, but I don't think I could get it to go. Yeah, maybe I can. Let me see if I can get this video. 20 years. I tried downloading this earlier. and Hell yeah, we're going to start it off. We'll play it back to back. It's the Army Times 20 year and Joy Reid shitting on the anniversary of the 20th.
my fellow citizens, at this hour, American and coalition forces are in the early stages of military operations to disarm Iraq, to free its people, and to defend the world from grave danger. On my orders, coalition forces have begun striking selected targets of military importance to undermine Saddam Hussein's ability to wage war. These are opening stages of what will be a broad and concerted campaign. To all the men and women of the United States Armed Forces now in the Middle East, the peace of a troubled world and the hopes of an oppressed people now depend on you. On the president's order, coalition forces began the ground war to disarm Iraq and liberate the Iraqi people uh, yesterday. And a few minutes ago, the air war in Iraq began. General Myers will provide some details on the progress of our operation. But first, let me comment on the aims and objectives we have for the days ahead. Our goal is to defend the American people and to eliminate Iraq's weapons of mass destruction and to liberate the Iraqi people. So this is just really average officers, officers, soldiers, I mean, privates, specialists, whatever, doing extraordinary things. And in my experience, that is the history of the United States Army, sort of average people doing extraordinary things. I want Americans and all the world to know that coalition forces will make every effort to spare innocent civilians from harm. A campaign on the harsh terrain of a nation as large as California could be longer and more difficult than some predict. And helping Iraqis achieve a united, stable, and free country will require our sustained commitment. The people of the United States and our friends and allies will not live at the mercy of an outlaw regime that threatens the peace with weapons of mass murder. We will meet that threat now with our Army, Air Force, Navy, Coast Guard and Marines so that we do not have to meet it later with armies of firefighters and police and doctors on the streets of our cities. Now that conflict has come. The only way to limit its duration is to apply decisive force. And I assure you, this will not be a campaign of half measures, and we will accept no outcome but victory. This kind of obscene death and destruction will haunt the world forever. From a strategic vantage point, Putin miscalculated just how difficult it would be to invade and occupy a country that doesn't want him there. He must have told himself his brutal forces would be greeted as liberators. It's not the first time such a miscalculation has caused devastation. 20 years ago today, the United States invaded Iraq under false pretenses, forever changing the global order. So much so that Putin actually mentioned Iraq in his speech that he delivered last year justifying his illegal invasion of Ukraine. In an incredible Freudian slip last year, former President George W. Bush actually accidentally criticized the wholly unjustified and brutal invasion of Iraq, I mean, of Ukraine. The invasion of Iraq due to non-existent weapons of mass destruction was the original- Guard, she's a fucking garbage human.
human. A star is born on Highway 8. Huge article about a dude. Not going to read it. The children of troops lost Iraq war. All grown up. That's WAPO covering it. Yeah, of course. That's pretty much where we're at. It's always going to be negative. We're not going to cover the heroic stories or the people that kicked ass. U.S. speeds up Abram tank delivery because now they got criticized, even though they believed it would happen. This week's been a big thing in military media. What is an authorization for military force? Oh, that's the thing that Democrats approved during the Iraq war, but then they pulled back and said that we never voted for it. Okay. We're sending ammo, tanker trucks, boats to Ukraine. No look into, you know, maybe this is bad. Why are we sending so much shit? That's what majority of people want. Higher cancer rate found in military pilots and ground crews and eating disorders, diabetes, obesity up among troops during the pandemic. That's all good shit. Nobody's going to cover it. So those are quick military corner. I just want to kind of acknowledge it was 20 years ago this month that we started shock and awe. Now the only shock and awe we have is the FBI going after American people that just happen to be. They're going to arrest another thousand people for January 6th because it's 2024 election. they got to keep it in the news. The FBI is part of the DNC rollout campaign. You know, we got a, we got a geriatric brain-dead fuck. NewsGuard caught leftist rating firm doesn't deny 750k grant from government of the United States, the admin of Barack Obama. And before we go into our super bias, which is really, really good this week, I even changed super bias to have a bloody slide and start with Trump. CNN dips to 400,000 total viewers all day long. That's all they can crank out. And I'm here for it. So let's do our super bias. Trump, 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 Trump. We are not fake news. We are real news. A lot of people are wondering, whoever has this job, are they going to convict Donald Trump? Look, that 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 is the number one issue we know he's investigating and what i'll say is i'm the only i was the first to announce against Cy vance i too have a lot of issues which is why i decided to run i'm the candidate in the race who has the experience with with donald trump i was the chief deputy in the attorney general's office we sued the trump administration over a hundred times uh for the muslim travel ban for family separation at the border for shenanigans with the census uh, so I know how to to litigate uh, with him. I also led the team that did the Trump Foundation case. So uh, I'm ready to go wherever the facts take me and to inherit that case. And I think, you know, it'd be hard to argue with the fact that that's, that'd be the most important, uh, most high-profile case. Uh, and I've seen him up front and seen the lawlessness that he can do. And What's... you believe it should happen? I, you know, I, I, I believe we have to hold him accountable. Uh, I haven't seen all the facts beyond the public, but I've litigated with him. And so I'm... I'm prepared to go where the facts take me once I see them uh, and hold them accountable. What's the where do you fit in as the Manhattan District Attorney versus on the federal level the uh, the attorney for the Southern District of New York? What's like how do you guys like who does what? 
Exactly. So, you know, I was in that office. I, I was in the public corruption unit in the Southern District of New York. So there, there, there is sometimes working together. Oftentimes the same case could be brought as a as a federal matter or as a state matter. I'll give you so a couple things. One, it's an the facts are old. They're six or seven years old. And the star witness here in the form of Michael Cohen, Donald Trump's former attorney, has credibility issues, has been convicted of crimes. And so, you know, to your point, Abby, as far as the strength of a case, it's certainly not the kind of slam dunk that many people would wish that it were. On Saturday, you know who claimed on social media he will be arrested tomorrow by the Manhattan DA on charges. He paid hush money to Stormy Daniels to benefit his campaign. He also rallied his support to get out there and protest. And here's the reaction from both sides of the aisle. Take a look. The fact that the Manhattan DA thinks uh, that uh, indicting President Trump is his top priority, I think, is just tells you everything you need to know about the radical left in this country. It just feels like a politically charged prosecution here. I don't think people should protest this, no. And uh, I, I think President Trump, if you talk to him, he doesn't believe that either. This is why you should really make law equal, because if that was the case, nothing would happen here. Violence is never the right answer, and I always worry about it. There's no reason to protest this. This is the law operating as it should, without fear or favor for anyone. Mm -hmm. So, son. <laughs> yes, what? How serious are these potential charges? Look, I think the severity matters a little less than how easy it's going to prove. Mm -hmm. Many of the charges that they're looking at are uh, falsifying business records. We know he's done that for a really long time. Mm -hmm. He's claimed to be a gazillionaire. He's provided these records. His, his chief financial officer is actually in prison right now at Rikers serving time mm -hmm. for falsifying business records. Right. So it wouldn't be a difficult thing to prove, and that's a misdemeanor charge. Misdemeanor charges are criminal, and it's about six months. You could stack misdemeanor charges because if we're talking about 10 business records or 20 business records, that's six months a pop. Mm -hmm. And a judge could ask you to serve them consecutively, mm -hmm. meaning one after the other after the other instead of concurrently altogether. I think the more serious charge that they're looking for is one that um, is sort of unprecedented. This whole situation is unprecedented, let's, <laughs> yes. let's, let's face it, right? But one possibility is that prosecutors could assert that the payment itself that mm -hmm. Michael Cohen says he... he One he went to jail for? Uh, yeah. Making? Okay. And we see Trump's signature on, on some of these documents, that that payment itself violated state campaign finance ah. law. Lawyer after lawyer after lawyer will tell you this is the weakest case out there. This may be, in many ways, the weakest case. If this is the weakest case, then look at all the others that are in line behind this one. But even if this is deemed the weakest case, I would argue that as one who has known Donald Trump as you and Joe has, this is the heaviest case for him. Huh. Well, and I do think there is concern. Democrats I've spoken to, uh, including some senior members of the White House, who do fear that because this case is weakest, that it, if, it, if it is brought first, uh, that it will be potential, allow Trump to then paint this one as illegitimate, that it's weak, and suggest that all of the other cases against him um, are as well. And that is something they're worried about. People keep referring to the New York case.
What do you say to that ban? Because there has been some criticism that, look, the first charges against a former president and this, the historic nature of it shouldn't come from a local prosecutor who ran as a Democrat and was elected, that the politics of this could overshadow um, other cases, like we know, the DOJ case that is going on. What do you say to that? Well, if anybody is a Republican and they have been afraid that there's some uh, conspiracy, some well-organized conspiracy <laughs> among progressives, uh, they can uh, relax now because you would not start with this charge. Uh, you would start with the charge in Georgia uh, where he was uh, interfering with elections. You would start with the charge that he was helping the insurrectionists in a coup. You wouldn't start with an eight-year-old porn star payoff. So uh, just, again... Uh, this is proof, if nothing else, that the progressives are not very well organized. This is not the one you would start with. Uh, that said, uh, I hear my conservative friends saying he's being, they're being overcharged. It's so, so aggressive. It's so terrible. Welcome to my world, folks. Pro, uh, uh, pro prosecutors overcharging, being overaggressive, being ridiculous with, with minor stuff and turning it into major stuff happens every single day in America, every courthouse in America. Uh, I think you want to be consistent now. If you're concerned that this, per that this particular person named Donald Trump is being overcharged and mistreated by a prosecutor, uh, join the rest of us who are trying to stop that from happening to ordinary people. But uh, uh, my, my view about this is uh, I think that the heat uh, is on this DA. Uh, I think he's going to make a very sober decision, and I would not be surprised if he doesn't step back from the brink. And I'm going to get to you, uh, Dana and David, in a second, but I want to follow up with you, Van, because the Trump camp has said that Bragg is, quote, uh, racist. They have called this un-American. I want to get your reaction to that. Well, that's not fair. I mean, listen, uh, you, can, you can disagree uh, with his decision to charge or to not charge, and people will, will disagree no matter what he does. Um, but the idea that he's a racist, frankly, there's a lot of uh, white progressive uh, voters uh, in uh, New York City that have been pushing him to do this. <laughs> Are they racist as well? Um, I just think that the reality is uh, uh, he's got to make a sober decision now. Um, I agree uh, with David. Uh, a, a charge like this, uh, a porn star payoff seven years ago, uh, somehow tied to the election, but not really. Uh, it, does, it, it doesn't seem like the right way to go when you look at the history. It's not going to judge Donald Trump based on Stormy Daniels. It's going to uh, judge him based on the election. It's going to judge him based on the coup attempt, the insurrection. I think that uh, uh, if I were uh, Alvin, I would wait for Georgia to go first. Georgia, you have the president uh, calling in, trying to change an election. That seems to me the thing you start with, not this. Just going to have one slide for this whole section. And this is our buddy, Will Carlisle. Trump's next campaign rally is in Waco, Texas. By then, the former president could have been indicted. Experts say Waco is a perfect place for Trump to harness anti-deep state sentiment, given the city's history. And of course, I didn't answer this guy because he's kind of scary. But my reply, as I retweeted, experts say, also known as prog misinfo journalists, I'm not mega, but now that the greatest threat to democracy is white supremacy, ultra super mega, white Christian nationalists all failed to stick. Media and DNC, same. Next assertion, mega are branch Davidians. Painful to watch Trump ruin these previously serious professionals. My God, both parties have cults. Remember hope and fucking change, HRCs, I'm with her. Both sides have violence. Remember Floyd riots, Occupy... Bush, Trump, inauguration. For fuck's sake, start to question who's more fascist, Dem 
or the media. This guy was tracking an In-N-Out burger, was calling for In-N-Out to be canceled. And it was Will Carlant. Nobody went with him, even a journalist, when he rolled up and took a picture of two people there. She said, I hope you got a burger in your hand. I said, well, democracy was averted. Uh, well, the end of democracy was averted today as a smart ass. But this guy was all into it. And I was just in shock that you want to cancel in and out burger when we just heard the guy's number one thing was to indict Trump in 2021. And you heard other than Sonny Austin, everybody else is like, hey, this fucking shit ain't right. I think the left doesn't realize they're opening a Pandora box. They truly believe they're going to be in charge forever because they rigged the last election, so they figure they can keep rigging elections and they'll just always win. Or abortion, because, you know, like Chuck Todd does every weekend, oh, the GOP is never going to win again because they don't want to kill babies. Not realizing that that really isn't as big as people think it is. Only if you live in a bubble it is. They don't see that using the state's power to go against your enemies is probably a bad precedence that could come back to bite you in the ass. I mean, they didn't learn off the filibuster and go nuclear. And of course, McConnell did, did the right thing like a dumbass. He should have said, fuck it. Yeah, these are your rules. Let's play by them. Let's fucking go with this shit. In 2022, Alvin Bragg reduced 50% of all felony charges. In the USA Today, Secret Services met with New York Police to security plan an event Trump is charged. Next one. Trump holding his next rally in Waco. Oh, that was one I already covered. Sorry. Yeah. Ben Collins, the info expert. A quick update. Pro-Trump influencers are trying to organize anti-incitement rallies tonight, one in New York City and one in Mar-a-Lago, mostly on Telegram. Trump fans are mostly telling each other not to go, saying it's a Fed trap. This mirrors most pro-Trump failures since 1-6. Part of the problem is that the potential pro-Trump New York City protest is that head heretofore non-public secret location making it seem sketchier to people who want to go you have to sign up for an email list to find out where it is there's a third pro-Trump protest scheduled for tomorrow now in an in and out burger and he retweeted his uh, our guys shit about fucking in and out burger and should we fucking cancel in and out burger because people are going to show up. You know, the most impressive thing about this is I don't remember anybody trying to find out who was paying for the buses that trucked uh, BLM and Antifa all over the country to beat up and burn shit and harass people in Washington, D.C. Because every time they arrested people, they were not from local. But we didn't have that end of democracy fear when Antifa was actually burning down federal courthouses. Okay. Judge Lambert Legum, there is an emerging narrative from pundits across the political spectrum that Trump's hush money payment to Stormy Daniels weren't that important. And everyone should focus on the issue. This is wrong. Stormy Daniel matters. Yeah, okay, how about all the Dems that hush their whores? Anna Navarro, declare it a national holiday if Trump gets arrested. Ron Flipakowski. 
Stormy keeps saying he is less than well endowed. The most obvious way to end this case is just show everyone that she is lying. Simple. <laughs> the Guardian, New York prepares for unrest. The Scott McFarland significant increase in threats online ahead of possible Trump indictment. Intelligence sources told CBS News there's been a significant increase in threats and violent rhetoric online from domestic violent extremists. Sources said the threats are mostly aimed at law enforcement, judges, and government officials. Bonnie Blue, I've seen a lot of stay home, it's a trap, except from the left. From the left, I've heard, if you protest, we need to meet you here and beat you with bats. Oh, haha, we need to just drone you, you maggots. American Pravda waiting to turn to manifest violence in existence. Are the threats coming from the FBI posters or faux journalists? Sounds totally real and not made up at all. I mean, the fact is, this is a made-up charge, and they want it. They need another J6. The last J6 didn't go well. People realized it was a riot that got out of hand. And when you poll it, most people don't give a flying fuck. But when this supposedly went down yesterday, Ben Collins, I'm at the pro-Trump protest out by the New York Young Republicans Club. Not a joke. There are more reporters than Trump supporters. Politico, liberal Manhattan DA takes on Trump in perilous legal fight. Let me just show you the, the picture. We'll go off Waco which is a new series on Netflix. They're going to watch it. Look at that. Do you think if they were prosecuting HRC for all her crimes, they'd get a write-up like that in Politico? Rolling Stone obtains intel bulletin showing an increase in calls for violence if Trump is arrested. And everybody's like, yeah, no. It's not actually happening. They're just obsessed I don't think the left who is still going I can't kill my baby that that's more important to them because you know it is they're all about the fucking baby killing The media, the media wants this. They are just masturbating furiously under desks, hoping they can see him perp walk. So let's move on to other subjects. This uh, info is coming up now because it's part of super bias. Here is Biden's veto. And, and this is like everything else. Um, when you, you break it down, Oh, no, you know what? Let's let's listen to Tucker. Tucker has a good segment on this. I'm going to play that because I, I don't play a whole lot of rebuttals. So here's Tuck on this whole fucking shit. The dominant rumor on the Internet over the weekend was that Donald Trump will soon be indicted, possibly even handcuffed on camera. Is that true? We can't say. We do know that Trump is the subject of a grand jury investigation in Manhattan. That's a city that voted against Donald Trump by almost 80% in the last presidential election. 
We also know that the grand jury was impaneled by a Soros-funded DA called Alvin Bragg, who looks and acts like a Tawana Brawley-era Al Sharpton. So we would assume, on the basis of that evidence, that it's pretty likely Trump does get charged with something at some point. But charged with what? That's the question that should matter. In a free country, laws are universal. Laws apply to all citizens equally, precisely because all citizens are considered equal. For generations, this was very obvious to American liberals. In fact, it was the basis of their worldview. That was back when liberals opposed Jim Crow and were not trying to reinstate it as something called equity. We are not liberals, but we retain the traditional American view, which is that laws must be applied equally or else they're not laws at all. Justice must be blind or else it is tyranny. So we spent the day with the help of a lawyer on our staff trying to assess the likely charges against Donald Trump. And here's what we found. Eight years ago, as he was running for president, Trump paid a porn actress called Stormy Daniels $130,000. Daniels alleged that she and Trump had at one point had sex. Trump denied that. He still denies it. But in exchange for promising not to repeat that claim in public, Trump, through his then attorney, Michael Cohen, sent Stormy Daniels a check. Was that legal? Well, we can answer that question. Because there was a campaign in progress at the time, officials at the Federal Election Commission later examined the transaction between Trump and Stormy Daniels. Federal investigators concluded that nothing criminal had taken place. And in fact, settlements like this, whatever you think of them, are common, both among famous people, celebrities, and in corporate America. The result is usually known as an NDA, a non-disclosure agreement. In this case, you can believe whatever side you want to believe, but paying people not to talk about things, hush money, is ordinary in modern America. According to the FEC, there was no need for Donald Trump to report his payments to Stormy Daniels, nor was the money that he sent her through his attorney subject to campaign finance limitations. The FEC determined the entire thing was a personal expenditure. It clearly was. So what is the crime here? Well, the media don't seem very interested in finding out. This is Donald Trump. He's a criminal. Everything he does is a crime. Watch. Simply because he may have committed worse crimes, you don't let him off of lesser crimes. If you are, for example, seeking a prosecution for murder, if the guy gets caught drunk driving in another context before that, you don't just let him go because you have bigger fish to fry. Nobody is above the law, including Donald Trump. It doesn't matter that this is kind of a minor crime compared to some of the other allegations. A crime is a crime is a crime is a crime. That's what anybody prosecuting or a judge would say. A crime is a crime is a crime, as Mika mm -hmm. said. An indictment is an indictment is an indictment. When I hear people saying this is much ado about nothing, I think about all the members of Congress I served with and understanding every single one of them would have been charged and sent to jail had they done this. I was reading the Bible, which said that that a man sows, that he may also weep. Joe Scarborough, ladies and gentlemen, telling us what a crime is. A crime with a woman. Okay. There's Al Sharpton lecturing us about the Bible. It's hilarious. Oh, the hypocrisy. But it didn't really answer the question. Why are we handcuffing Donald Trump? Liberals don't seem to care at all as long as it happens, as long as Trump gets handcuffed. But in fact, there's plenty of evidence that Trump committed no crime in sending money to Stormy Daniels. We don't have to guess. Consider the case of former North Carolina Senator John Edwards. Edwards was often described as a fiery liberal, but in fact, he was a populist. He ran for president twice, and in the process, infuriated the leaders of the Democratic Party by talking way too much about income inequality. They really hated him for that. 
Long after Edwards left office, Barack Obama's DOJ charged him with federal finance violations. So the premise of the case against John Edwards was that he had received a million dollars in gifts and that he spent that money in hush money payments to his mistress, with whom he later had a child. Obama's DOJ argued that the money that Edwards sent to his girlfriend amounted to campaign contributions. Edwards never reported that money, so Obama's DOJ tried to send him to prison. Well, in the end, the case fell apart under the weight of its own incoherence. So Obama's lawyers argued that any payment that could conceivably help a political candidate politically is by definition a campaign expenditure. There's no law that says that, by the way. They just made it up. But if you think about it for a second, it doesn't make sense. If that were true, flip it around. It would mean that candidates could use donor money and also taxpayer money in the form of federal matching funds to pay for any personal expense as long as that expense could conceivably benefit them politically. So candidates could take federal matching funds, tax dollars, to buy Ferraris as long as they argued those Ferraris would appear in campaign ads, et cetera, et cetera. It, it's nonsensical. So not surprisingly, John Edwards was acquitted in that case. It was a humiliating defeat for the Obama administration, but it also sent a clear message and set a precedent, which Alvin Bragg apparently is ignoring. So we don't know that an indictment's coming, as noted, and if it does come, we're not sure what it's going to say. We haven't seen it. But if Trump is indicted for sending money to Stormy Daniels, well, you'll be watching the abuse of law enforcement power. Oh, but you can't complain about it. Because as Congresswoman Maxine Waters has explained, political protests staged on behalf of Donald Trump are not constitutionally protected. They're domestic terrorism. Watch. This is Donald Trump. Uh, sending messages out to domestic terrorists uh, that he's worked with and he helped to organize for the invasion of the Capitol on January 5th. He's sending out a message to them to get ready to protest any arrests, uh, indictments, et cetera, that he may have. So he's basically uh, talking to the Proud Boys, the Oath Keepers, QAnon, KKK. Oh, January 6th. The only really organized group on January 6th was the FBI, of course. But consider the idea and where it's coming from. This is Maxine Waters. This is the lady who cheered on the L.A. race riots three decades ago. This is the very same person who just a few years ago said, and we're quoting, if you see anybody from the Trump cabinet in a restaurant, in a department store, at a gasoline station, she's very old, get out and create a crowd. And you push back on them and you tell them they're not welcome anymore, anywhere. Basically necklace them. Okay, Maxine Waters, but she's a Democrat, so these are. This is just a civil rights exercise. She's protected from domestic terrorism charges, and Alvin Bragg is too. He's a Democrat, and you should know we don't want to impugn his character or anything. We don't want to suggest that there's a connection between politics and the indictment of Donald Trump. But Alvin Bragg did run for office, promising, as a campaign promise, to indict Donald Trump. We're not guessing. He gave televised interviews about it. Watch. All right, so newspaper reports today say we could expect to see an indictment to be handed down against Donald Trump soon. Any thoughts on how you would handle such a high-profile case? Certainly throughout my career, I've gone wherever the facts have taken me. And the types of allegations that have been reported publicly, um, valuation of assets, um, uh, perhaps the use of, of, of shell companies, tax fraud. I did, I, I've done all these sort of cases. I've tried a mortgage fraud case. I've tried one of the most significant money laundering cases uh, in the New York region. So uh, of all the candidates, I sort of stand at the ready uh, with all the tools in the toolkit. Yeah, we're gonna go after Trump. 
And by the way, he listed some real crimes there, and they have spent years trying to pin those crimes on Trump. They even got his tax returns, illegally, uh, and they found none of them. Not a defense of Trump, just true. So we wind up with this, which is piddling. But what's interesting is even as Bragg has been single-mindedly focused, Bragg, a graduate of Harvard College, on Donald Trump and his crimes, sending money to a porn star, he has been not only ignoring real crimes, but downgrading felonies to misdemeanors and letting actual violent criminals out of jail as quickly as possible. On his first day in office, first day, Bragg, consistent with the ideas of the man who paid for his campaign, George Soros, issued a memo explaining that his office will, quote, not seek a carceral sentence except in cases involving homicides, economic crimes, and a small number of felonies. Now, that was great news for people who commit violent felonies, including rapists like Justin Washington. Washington struck a deal with Bragg that allowed him to serve just 30 days in jail under the theory that his rape was really just second-degree coercion. So he got out quickly, and when he did, police say this same man sexually attacked five other people in the Bronx. He even tried to rape a homeless woman at 10 in the morning. Okay. So in another case, a career criminal who was arrested three times in four months for serious crimes, including assault and aggravated harassment, skipped court. And when police finally found him and hauled him to court, Bragg's, Bragg's office let him go in January of last year. Guess what he did when he got out? He murdered a woman. A growing makeshift memorial in front of a New York City apartment building honoring Christina Yuna Lee after police say a man followed her home and attacked her, stabbing her to death. This security video obtained by NBC News appears to show Lee being followed by the suspect. When they arrived, the door was barricaded. When cops went into the apartment, investigators say they found the body of a 35-year-old woman, later identified as Lee, in her bathroom and the suspect covered in blood. Police say Osama Nash was arrested and charged with Lee's murder. This was his eighth arrest since May of 2021. What's interesting is that no one cares. Where's Joe Scarborough on that? Is he upset about it? Is his wife upset? Power to women. Right. All the arch feminists who should be out there defending women, they don't care at all. So here you have a DA who treats violent felonies like they're misdemeanors, even when it gets people killed, who's unleashing criminals on the population, but then spending all of his time trying to destroy his political opponents. In this case, elevating a misdemeanor charge to the, a felony for the purpose of taking down Trump. Now, here's what we think, if there is an indictment, will form the core of the charge. Bragg seems to be alleging that Trump violated New York's Business Record Act by falsely reporting the payout to Stormy Daniels as, quote, legal fees. Now, if this were true, it would constitute a misdemeanor, and the statute of limitations has already run out for that, for the bookkeeping error, assuming it even happened. But Bragg apparently is thinking about charging Trump under a felony version of the business records law, one that punishes businesses for falsifying records as a way to commit another separate crime. That would be the campaign finance violation, which, as we mentioned, was not a campaign finance violation. And we know that from the FEC, which polices campaign finance violations. And by the way, if it were, then that would be a federal crime, not something that Alvin Bragg, the Manhattan DA, would be prosecuting. The whole thing doesn't make any sense at all. On a legal level, on a political level, it does, because Trump is running for president. 
So what's behind this? Is he acting alone? We may soon find out. Congressman Jim Jordan of Ohio, who sits in the House Judiciary Committee, is calling on Bragg to testify before the Congress. He wants to hear Bragg explain whether or not he's had any contact with the White House or the Biden DOJ. And if he has, maybe that will explain these charges. He also wants to know whether this prosecution will use any federal funds. Let's hope Alvin Bragg, who is committed to the rule of law, complies or is forced to comply very soon. But no matter what happens, if this indictment arrives, no matter who you voted for or plan on voting for, make no mistake, this is a turning point for the country. Now, the headline here is not that they're being unfair to Donald Trump again, though, of course, they are, or even that Trump is the former president of the United States. <laughs> who cares? <laughs> I mean, though, as long as we are indicting retired presidents, where are the charges against George W. Bush for invading Iraq under false pretenses and giving permanent normalized trade relations to China? which completely wrecked our economy. Where are those charges? Don't hold your breath. In Washington, wrecking your own country is not considered a crime. And of course, George W. Bush knows that well, which is why he doesn't seem worried at all. Criticizing the ruling class, that's what they indict you for. But either way, Donald Trump's former job as president of the United States is not really the point here. Yes, of course you can indict former presidents if they've done something wrong. That's not what this is about. The headline here is that there is as noted, a presidential race in progress right now. And if you check the polls, you will find that Trump is leading the Republican field. That's the unprecedented thing, taking out your opponent using the justice system. If the Democratic Party is allowed to do this, allowed to crush the presidential front runner, the main threat to their power, with a bogus criminal case, where does that leave us? We're done, because that precedent will live forever and voters will never again determine the outcome of a presidential election. It's remarkable when you think about it. So after all the yelling from permanent Washington about January 6th and how it was a threat to our democratic norms and the peaceful transfer of power, they've decided to completely short circuit our democratic norms, not to mention the peaceful transfer of power using the courts and prosecutors. And I know it's not good to play a bunch of another guy's show, but this was on last night. This guy's a vet. This is how far they've gone. And remember, they've gone into people's records. They've gone into DT-214s. They've gone after vets. They have destroyed people's lives who invariably were just there to hear him speak. They did not go into the Capitol. And this shit last night had me, well, I watched it this morning. I was cursing at my TV. The whole point of this exercise, of course, is not to in some way stop a future insurrection. It's to stop anybody who opposes Biden from organizing, ever. For example, the FBI recently labeled a veteran-led disaster response organization a domestic terror group. That's according to an FBI whistleblower. The disaster response organization is called American Contingency. Mike Glover founded it. He's the host of the Mike Force podcast. He's a former Green Beret and CIA contractor. He joins us tonight. Mike Glover, I appreciate your coming on. Yeah, thanks for having me. So um, do you believe that you have been targeted by the Department of Justice? Absolutely. I mean, American Contingency started with a concept after the Seattle mayor told law enforcement officers to not do their job. So it's a forum of American citizens who are depending and leaning on each other in the absence of people, including politicians, and law enforcement agencies following the politicians and not doing their job. So you spent your most of your life working under arms for the U.S. government on behalf of the country. 
How does it feel to be targeted by that same government? It's horrible. I mean, look, I'm an entrepreneur first. I yes. mean, that's what I wanted to do after a long time of service. And it just sucks being targeted by, you know, a country. Um, my mom was targeted. My mom's Facebook account was deleted because the FBI communicated to social media and destroyed all the social media accounts. My mom came here from Korea from meeting my military dad in the Army, and we're dealing with this. She's dealing with this. Her small beauty salon in Fayetteville, North Carolina, is dealing with this. I, it's, it's beyond belief, and the fact that the people whose job it is to defend you and the Constitution are ignoring it really grates on me. Is there anything that we don't know? I mean, are you accused of an actual crime that you haven't told us about? No, so the way it worked is I was labeled a militant, violent extremist organization. Uh, thank God organizations like Project Veritas exist. They leaked this information. An FBI whistleblower came out and said, this is indeed true. And not only that, but the FBI looked into Mike Glover's records. I'm a retired former special operations guy, a sergeant major, have a, you know impeccable career, have done nothing wrong, have never broken any laws. And they went into my career, went into my DD-214, went into my med records. And luckily, somebody in the FBI, likely a FBI hostage rescue guy that I work with overseas, did a report and said, hey, this guy's on the up and up. I don't know why you're looking in this guy, but cease and desist. And that's how the traffic was verbalized on a forum within the FBI. So it's not, it's something that I thought was a rumor because I was getting yes. uh, suppressed and deleted, canceled off of every social media platform, but it wasn't. It was actually something that was true. So do you recognize these tactics from the war on terror that you fought in? Yeah. Like, if we're talking about subversion, sabotage, if we're looking at uh, government entities going after its citizens, these are the first precursors to operational prepare the environment. We call it shaping the environment. Um, and I don't like seeing it. Uh, it you know, once again, I I've said it so many times, I can puke fucking coat hangers. The whole idea was stupid. I'm I I'm just not a cult person. I don't fucking like either party. I wouldn't go to a rally for DeSantis, even though I hope he is the next president. Um, I just think he's cool, and we got to get away from stupid, which is the left right now. I don't wear T-shirts. I had Trump signs in 2016 to pick up piss piss off my totally biased lefty neighbors across the street. Um, that was the only reason why I paid for that. But I, I don't really... I'm not a joiner. I tried VFW. I didn't even join that. I'm just not a joiner. I, I just don't believe in idolizing people. Sure. If I met Brett Favre or I met Martin Truex or Noah Gregson or some of the people I think are sort of like, this morning I listened to great uh, fly on the wall with... Andy Sandberg just seems like one of the nicest guys on the planet. You know, I'd, I'd probably be starstruck. But I'm not going to put on with her shirt, hope and change, make America great. That's just not my style. But this is America. You have the right to do it. And if it's okay to be hope and change, it's got to be okay to be mega. But they've made mega a racist word in their zeal to just quash any opposition. And because people went to an event and left, they shouldn't be persecuted. But yet, 
2,000 people are going to get hard time for walking in a Capitol and hundreds of thousands burned, trashed, raped, pillaged, looted for a whole summer. And this administration dropped the charges. So as a person looking at an objective, hey, that's fucked up, man. You can't have a society like that. You're going to breed extremism. And maybe that's why they're doing it. They want extremism because they need extremism to fear their fucking people into showing up to goddamn vote. But, I mean, you you just... You can't have this shit. So, here's our uh, super bias sound bites. We're going to have Biden destroy his own monument, him talk about vetoing, and then the facts about the vetoing. Them sucking up to Franken, uh, some more anti-Tennessee shit, and the view actually having the cajones to say those students that are now getting screwed for their lawyer careers because they're on camera treating a judge like shit, don't think you're going to get a lot of jobs that way. Um, it's Republicans' fault. They force them to scream and yell and cancel somebody. First, I'm proud to use my authority under the Antiquities Act to establish the, and I, I want you to know it's a big deal, the Havanaqua May. I, I'm, I'm having trouble. Thank you. I got it. I just signed this veto because the legislation passed by the Congress would put at risk the retirement savings of individuals across the country. They couldn't take into consideration investments that wouldn't be impacted by climate, impacted by overpaying executives, and that's why I decided to veto it. It makes sense to veto it. Breaking tonight, also, President Biden issues his first veto, rejecting a Republican proposal signed on by a couple of Democrats, preventing pension fund managers from basing investment decisions on social justice and environmental issues, so-called ESG. Senior congressional correspondent Chad Pergram has details tonight from Capitol Hill. Good evening, Chad. Good evening, Brett. Republicans dared the president to veto the bill, scrapping a provision asking investors to consider ESG for retirement funds. It's short for environmental, social, and governance. The fact that he's doubling down on it when, the, when clearly it's failing just shows you that his priorities are completely misaligned with what's important to the American people. Joe Manchin lambasted President Biden. Manchin accused the administration of pushing a, quote, radical policy agenda. ESGs by itself, it, it just, you know, could kill our economy, could kill our whole economy as far as in America, basically. Talk about some current events. Uh, Florida Governor Ron DeSantis, he's a strong contender for a 2024 run. Um, he's recently led an attack on the word woke and whatever that means. It's come to mean something very different by Republicans. What would you, like, give me some something to work with here. Well, I, what he's done is ridiculous in Florida. He has this uh, law that, that a, uh, if a teacher makes a kid feel uncomfortable about anything, I guess, including their race, that they, the, the parent can sue them. So, I mean, how do you teach, how do you teach history, you know, American history in Florida? It's like, um, um, for our first 200 years, there were people who um, 
uh, had to work for free. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, uh, no, not not like your father's, uh, you know, like the free internship you did for your father. You know, I mean, it, it's... So the university sent Judge Duncan an apology letter claiming staff and students acted inappropriately. But I think back to the State of the Union, and this is what we're teaching people to do. We're teaching people how to be inappropriate, yelling at the President of the United States, calling him a liar, doing all these things that now our students are saying, well, if it's okay for you to do it, and you're supposed to be a lawmaker, I feel the same way, because this is my right. So maybe all the snowflakes in the world need to get over the fact that people are going to disagree with them. You see, it's not just one side or the other. Everybody has to understand this is how this is how we live. We don't all agree. We do disagree. Yeah. And it's your right to stand up and say, hey, I don't agree. And then let either leave mm. or 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 let somebody else tell you what the issue is. But we don't show our kids that. We show them the nasty part now. HIV advocates here accuse the governor of playing politics, reacting to growing anti-LGBTQ pressure from national conservative figures. Before rejecting the CDC grants entirely, advocates say, Lee tried to block the money from going to the state's Planned Parenthood chapter, which uses it for condom distribution and training HIV testers. Francie Hunt is the advocacy and organizing director for Planned Parenthood of Tennessee and North Mississippi. After the Tennessee abortion ban, I think that these lawmakers had to turn their attention now to the LGBTQ community. I curbed that Tennessee one at the end. Um, They're not going after LGBT. They're protecting their children. So you can suck a fat dick on that. Yeah. The first bill he vetoed was a nonpartisan bill, but he's couching to the far, far left because that's what they're all doing now. AP, pro-Moscow Twitter tried to steer Ohio train disaster debate. No, no, they didn't. Americans went, hey, that's fucked up. You burned a fucking town. Politico, dig at people who know we're a republic and not a democracy. Behind me, somebody whispered, we're a republic, not a democracy, a tongue-in-cheek slogan that some conservatives have adopted as a way to slyly signal their approval for minority rule. Minority rule? They own the house. What are you talking about? You saw Manchin blast him in there. This is Joe Manchin. Washington Post. Iowa's sharp right turn to Florida the North. No, these are what voters want. Voters want this stuff. Here's just a roll-up. This is such a good... A fucking... I, I need to capture this. This is really good. This is what's wrong. And I guess I need to get out of this screen. Yeah, there we go. NPR took $246 million from Bill Gates. The Guardian took $12.9 from Bill Gates. NBC, BBC, CNN took cash from Bill Gates. Why? He bought up land. He wants to take away the people's ability to eat real food. I I just don't get it. 
And then we get some serious, oh, no shit, fucking Sherlock. This is nature. Nature endorsed Joe Biden in the U.S. presidential election. A survey finds that viewing the endorsement did not change people's views of the candidate, but caused some to lose confidence in nature and U.S. scientists generally. No fucking shit! Because people go to you for fucking nature, not liberal bullshit. And... I want to start a new section because I, I cover all this usually in woke, but I was sitting there making this podcast in my chair. My stomach wasn't feeling good. I was a little fucking whiny. It was a shit fucking day. Um, and I, I, I just realized like every story I cover is pushed by the media for woke. I mean, it's completely pushed by the media. They, they, they are so invested in everything. So I thought a speed round of just stories. I'm just going to read the heading. No slides. Just read the heading. This is just in the last couple days, not since the last podcast. Texas abortion law means women ha- has means women has to continue pregnancy despite fatal anomaly. That's not even English. That's ABC. The Courier. Dundee trans drag queen fundraising for surgery to change her junk. Missouri AG announces rule to restrict gender-affirming care for minors. No, to say that they have to do it when they're older. Every day. Chase had to go to court on his 16th birthday so he could be non-binary. CBS, CBC News, this is Canada, safety concerns in PEI transgender community as anti-trans settlement surges. That's because there's no studies. Georgia County said it was too costly to spend $10,000 a year on health cover for trans employees. It spent $1.2 million fighting it, lost, and has to pay anyway. Ha, ha, ha. Yahoo. Telegraph. Sedge education means gender dysphoria is new anorexia for girls, says mother of trans former purple pupil. Yeah. Okay. And then we get this. And once again, if you watched the Joe Walsh segment, you pretty much knew... Dr. Phil was with this new ideology. Here's a segment where he outs his this father for being a homophobe and shows him his transgender daughter. being here. I appreciate it. Tell me what your 
thinking and feeling right now, Gary? I'm hurt bad. I would sue him into fucking oblivion. Sue him. Uh, this is The Guardian. How close to death must a woman be to get an abortion in Tennessee? My, my God, is that a loaded. Back-to-back climate. CNN, the signs of Glacier National Park warning that its signature glaciers will be gone in 2020 are being changed. They were added more than a decade ago to reflect a climate change forecast at the time by U.S. Geologist Survey. New York Times, breaking news. Earth is likely to cross a critical global warming threshold within the next decade unless drastic changes are made. Yet we just said that Glacier National Park still has glaciers. Where am I going to be free to be who I am? Tennessee musicians grapple with anti-drag. They're not talking about your show, dickhead. And then you have BuzzFeed writer going about the sound of music. Other than her boyfriend joining the Nazis, the Nazis drafting the dad, and the Nazis showing up at their final performance, and the Nazis chasing them across the country, and the Nazis taking over their entire country. Other than that, sure, no Nazis, stupid BuzzFeed. Saying that wasn't about Nazis. Fucking moron. So before we go to Soapbox to show it never ends, deranged MSDNC attacking George Soros, which is just like you did with the Koch brothers, is a dog whistle for anti-Semitism, and a gay actor decrying DeSantis cracking down on kids and drag shows is so bad and we'll go into our soapbox which seems less of a soapbox since I had to do all this shit up front I need to rethink my format of my show Chrissy Walder last word to you then on this the fact that they keep throwing George Soros's name we've talked about a lot on the, on the in, in our show meetings is it definitely feels like a dog whistle that is dangerous it absolutely feels like a dog whistle that's dangerous. Look, most of these groups, the Oath Keepers, Boogaloo Boys, Proud Boys, they all subscribe to what you you are all referring to as the Great Replacement Theory, which is that idea that the majority of the white population is, is, is being replaced. And this is why we see these spikes in in racism, these spikes in anti-Semitism is because they are ascribing to this belief and it's stoking this this division. I mean, Trump has for multiple years actually now has called for a civil war. And I think that's really what he's inferring when he does that. And that's why we're playing whack-a-mole essentially yeah. with a lot of these online threats. And, and Republicans are letting him do it. And the Republican yes, Party is letting him do it. They... When you were here in July of 2022, yes. we talked about how Florida Governor uh, DeSantis uh, had just filed a complaint against a bar called the R House yeah. that holds drag shows. Okay? Yeah. Uh, eight months later, things have only escalated. As we talk about it, you know, it's constant um, aggravation with this. What do you make of the fact that we're still talking about this and that um, it's happening in other states, too, not just Florida? Right? Yeah, it's. There's this war yeah. against trans people, which and is... And LGBTQ plus yeah, people yeah, and yeah. people who are othered. And cabaret people. And cabaret and people. It's a, it's a circle crazy. of life. Yeah. You know, we've why all, are they doing it? I, this, for power. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Everything is about power, and you could always trace it back to the money. You say that all the time. Yeah. Follow you know, the money. It's, it's follow the money, follow the power, power at any cost. It's very hypocritical. You know, the, the, <coughs> the leading cause of death in children are guns. Yes. Yeah. yeah. They're guns. Yeah. 
I know it's the morning and I'm not supposed to be screaming, but they're guns. Yeah. Not you know, drag queens. Not drag queens. No. Leave us alone. <laughs>
they were lined up in order of maturity level, so youngest to oldest, uh, in one class. And then in another class, they were lined up, uh, or they were actually offered candy. So, And so, it was two separate teachers uh, in two separate classrooms. Oh, so this happened in more than one class. Yes, I got actually reports from three children, my child in one class, two children in another class were able to corroborate that it happened in two classes, yes. So your daughter came home and told you about this. Was it the day it happened? The moment, like the second I picked her up, yeah. Was she upset? She was absolutely, her word is cringed, absolutely grossed out, yes. So the school's response, what was their immediate response or was there one? Because now we're seeing six months later they're saying sorry. Is that good enough? Uh, no, it's not good enough, but their immediate response is like, okay, let's get, schedule a meeting, right? Which I had no idea that I was, I had never done a school grievance before. I had no idea what I was signing up for. Um, I met with the principal through Zoom a week later. Uh, so I, I requested the meeting um, a Monday. I was able to get on with her on a Friday. Um, and basically they do intake, they listen to you, and then they make you wait. Uh, I got a reply from her basically saying that she had, uh, um, granted some of the remedies that I requested, which were uh, a few. Uh, one of them that was granted was that uh, she had communicated, uh, sent a letter to parents saying that uh, there were counseling services or, you know, cry uh, therapy services available at the school. Uh, what I didn't know is that they're actually, it never really referenced the game at all. So why are we sending a vague letter home saying that there's counseling available at school when the parents don't know, you know, what, what that's for. Um, and then also uh, she stated that although she felt the game was inappropriate, that she didn't consider it uh, sexualization of children. And then from there, I appealed, uh, and I appealed to her boss, who's the deputy superintendent head of schools uh, here in San Antonio. Uh, and he Now to the left, that's, oh, that's just goddamn bigotry and blah, blah, fucking blah, blah, blah. But this is what people are sick of. They're fucking sick of this shit. They're done with all the fucking woke shit. Here's some success stories also by Libs, Sioux City Community School Districts. Thanks for bringing this to our attention. We we're unaware of the content of the book. We pulled it from our library because parents are seeing it. Received this from a parent in PC, uh, PCSD who said students were given this survey. Why would a school be asking these questions? Well, let's save this picture so you guys can read along. Which of the following best describes you? Heterosexual, gay, bisexual, I describe myself as identity. Some people describe themselves as transgender when their sex at birth doesn't match you. Didn't know I'm not transgender. Da -da 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 -da. Oh, it's just fucking, it's everywhere. Pastor for Children, a group which fights against school choice in Texas, claims there's no wokeness in rural Texas. Here's an example of a school, rural Texas book, and you see Jacob's Dick. I mean, it's that's my way the name of it because that's what it's there for. David French in the New York Times. There's a factor that received insufficient attention in the debate over external factors in teenage suffering, writes David French. What if parents are inadvertently contributing to their own kids' pain? Now... I don't think it is. I think it's more Robert Robin D'Angelo. People of color need to get away from white people. And then I'm a big believer in affinity space, in affinity work. 
And I think people of color need to get away from white people <laughs> and, and have some community um, with each other. And I'll, I'll let that go and maybe see if anyone else wants to pick it up. What the actual fucking fuck is that? Jesus. So, of course, in everything we have, the left has hyperbole. And um, Greta Thunberg, a top climate scientist, is warning that climate change will wipe out all humanity unless we stop using fossil fuels over the next five years. And that was in 2018. Greta Thunberg deletes 2018 tweets saying world will end in 2023. So this tweeter goes and looks and sees the media. Oh my God, I searched for Greta Thunberg delete tweets to verify what's said. And boy, did media pull together to cover it. Post distort 2018 Greta Thunberg tweet. Fact check did Greta Thunberg tweet. Did Greta Thunberg tweet? Did Greta... Claim Greta Thunberg recently deleted a tweet. She posted in 2018. AP's assessment. Missing context. It's always missing context. When it's true and it looks bad for the media, it is missing context. Yeah. And back to our kids have bad mental health, not because of what they're surrounded by, but because of their goddamn parents. White people not seasoning their food actually is based on, you guessed it, racism. That's, that's okay on Twitter. Answering a question if transgenderism is a mental illness. No, that's not good. The Free Press did an article and their picture is just to die for. Climate activists has a cult program. You know, <clears throat> it is the part of all this Trump shit that just cracks me the fuck up. I mean, hope and change, I'm with her, climate, trans, BLM, Antifa, my God, the left invented cults. And then lastly, my daughter's scholarship application. What does LGBT, LGBT ally have to do with getting a degree at a college? Clearly obvious, it has a shitload to do with that degree. So, to our This Is America, Duckworth, a vet, she hurts my soul every time she opens her goddamn gawk trap saying... An LGBTism that just, I, let me, let me get the exact quote because I'm fucking up. I don't have the page open. No, I'm keeping that one. Here it is. It's a-okay for men in dresses to whoop ass on girls. And then the soundbite most of you have seen, but I, I got to play it because I got to yell that state lawmaker saying parents aren't qualified to decide what's best for their kids. This is America. Don't catch you slipping now. Don't catch you slipping now. Look what I'm whipping now. This is America. Don't catch you slipping now. Don't catch you slipping now. 
what I'm whipping them. And this is America. It's fair competition. I am so sorry, but our just cisgender girls are going to be just fine. You know what? Society is built in a way that accommodates us already. I had a D. I had an athlete who was a, a USA Olympic gym uh, was on the track to being an Olympic, Olympic gymnast. She trained with Sunisa Lee for 10 years. Whether she lost in competitions to a girl or a, uh, somebody who was a trans uh, girl. Her outcome was going to be the same. She didn't go to the Olympics. She was going to be a D1 athlete, which only 7% of high school students go to be that. Actually, only 7% going to do play uh, collegiate sports and 2% make it to be D1 athletes. And then from there, only 2% of that 2% makes it to become a pro athlete. So the fears that we have around a fair competition, it is fair. And the few trans girls that play with other girls, our cisgender girls will be okay. So uh, what I wanted to shift away from those conversations because they are not rooted in reality. Our I see access as a problem. Um, I see parents being able to direct their child's um, education and they are already in the lower 25 percentile, meaning a lot of those parents did not finish high school and cannot direct their, could not finish their own education. I am extremely concerned that we would put money in their hands and that, and that entire piece of life in the hands of parents who are not qualified to make those decisions and they don't have the money to put in the difference that their child would need to attend a private school if there were one in there already in their um, region. The fucking stones on people. You know, I, I said it a lot on the show in the beginning of the show when I was just fresh out of the army, how I would get those comments, and then when I went to Washington, D.C., or I was around important people in these boards I was in about, well, you're really articulate for a person without degree, or, man, you're really educated. You know the issues without a person with the degree. Who the fuck are you to tell me what's right for my kids? Really? Who are you? And I'm not doing a who song. And then Duckworth again with the, it's okay for girls to whoop ass or dudes to whoop ass on girls. I just don't understand how anybody could ever think that's okay. I don't get it. So trying to end the show uh, shorter, which we're close today, but with some comedy, something more happy. I kind of listened to the last show and, you know, I was a little more happier, jokey, because I've been just so angry because I'm sick all the time. So I'm trying to change it up some. And on that podcast this morning with uh, Andy Sandberg, which is really hard. This funny thing is he's he's been introduced as Adam Sandler because they just kind of go together. Um, but this guy was, you know, uh, a, a bunch of friends. They all got on there as writers and they were in all his videos. And, you know, I mean, this is the creator of Dick in the Box. I mean, you cannot, there, there's Mount Rushmore's a comedy. And I don't give a fuck when anybody says Andy Sandberg should be on it just for Dick in the Box. One of the funniest, I've watched that a million times and laughed as hard as I had the first time I saw it. Because the first time I saw it, it was delayed act laughing because I can't believe this is on TV. But I guess they started as a bunch of dudes doing a YouTube channel when YouTube wasn't that important. So if you've never checked out The Lonely Island, I am picking one of the first sound bites ever. And I guess I just fucked up. 
the I'm fucking up today. Lonely Island YouTube. Let's go back to it. And all the good ones that you've seen are on there now. And I'm picking one and I didn't even check the date. So I should really check the date. And I'm fucking up because I'm just fucked up today. I'm doing six things at once while I'm podcasting. 17 years ago. So this soundbite was... Does it have a date on it? It just says 17 motherfucking years ago. He posted this. So this is well before he became Andy Sandberg. And I'm going to play it. I don't even know if it's funny. But most of what he does is funny. So let's give it a watch. What's up? What's up? What are you listening to? Uh, just that new uh, Bing Bong Brothers. Oh yeah, the Bing Bong Brothers. How's that song go again? You might like our music. Hey, God, they're weird. <laughs> it's got that weird thing. I mean, there's some of the guys, he came on with that um, guy that played Dracula, or, yeah, uh, the the horror guy with the Orson Welles. And it was weird. Sometimes I'd laugh, sometimes you wouldn't, but, you know, good on them. I had slides for this, but I'm not going to put it up. I just thought it was funny. A time traveler predicts our future. Aliens will conquer the Earth on March 23rd. So tomorrow, if aliens come out of the sky, motherfucker was right. That's pretty cool. And then there's this, which... Sweet God, this is the coolest thing ever. Fan poops an aisle near Hillary and Chelsea Clinton at Broadway show. Page six hears that a serial pooper has been stalking the halls of the legendary Schubert Theater. And the last time they struck, a turd appeared in the aisle near Hillary and Chelsea Clinton at Some Like It Hot. A source close to the show insists that it was regrettable one-off incident. But another source tells us that the theater staff said that the shits almost hit the fan and other performances as well. And I gotta admit... I want to meet that guy. I want to meet the mad shitter. Good on him, especially for shitting next to those two horrible humans. They're fucking 
horrible humans. So this wraps up another episode of Flyover Politic Podcast. Share with your family and friends. Go to SoundCloud, Flyover Politic with a K, Rumble 482467, and at gmail.com to contact the show and tell me to go fuck myself. No emails this week. I got my glasses fitting yesterday. I am 2100. So now you understand why I have to stop and zoom shit all the time. But I should have glasses by... Uh, podcast after next. They said within seven days I'll be able to pick them up. I got cheap little Ray-Ban knockoff plastic $17 frame, no line bifocals with fucking zero fucking anti-gloss. I'm not doing I paid $500 for my glass last time. They lasted a year and then they wouldn't stay on my big old head. So I'm going with cheap. But they will be on my eyes. I'll have to do something with the light. I'm going to have to move the light like here or something because I'm sure it's going to shine off glasses. I haven't tried that. But I'm going to wear them so you don't have to pause. And I don't have all these faces. My wife watched the other day and she was watching the video and she said, Honey, you look like you're taking a shit. Your eyes are all fucking gr- It just doesn't look right. And she's right. I, I, I'm squinting way too much. But it'll be nice to watch TV, use my fucking phone. Fuck. I do art. By the time I'm doing art, drawing four pictures a day for the wife, I literally have eye orgasms. They do this. They do this crazy side-to-side thing. That guy spasm because I've just concentrated too long. So it'll be fantastic to have glasses. Make sure you disconnect from all your devices. Don't give the yeah, yes. Let's go with uh, 25, 25 March, year of our Lord, 2023. Saturday, 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 March 25th. If we're still here, if the aliens have not taken over the planet, we will sojourn onto another podcast. Until then, thanks for listening, and y'all take care.